Welcome to the Weight Release Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Bron Martin, the hypnotic weight whisperer. This podcast is for women who are so over diets, but you still want to release weight. And if diets don't work, and we know they don't from hard-won experience, then what do we do? It's all good. Now you're in the right place. I'm going to share practical tools, inspiration, insights, and a little bit of mind-bendy hypno-magic to support you in your weight release journey. So let's get started, shall we? In this episode, we're going to explore the shadow archetypes, these sneaky little saboteurs that keep tripping us up. You see, the thing is, underneath it all, your brain doesn't actually want you to change. So you've got two parts of the mind, the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. Now, the conscious part of the mind is the Chatty Cathy conscious mind. It's, that's a medical term, by the way. (laughs) It's the logical, reasoning, analytical mind. Now, in the subconscious mind, this is where your beliefs and behavior are formed. If you think about it, like the iceberg underneath the Titanic that smashed into the Titanic, that was the subconscious mind. And what they could see floating on the top was the conscious mind. So 90% of it is below the surface. So we feel like we're adults going through life, adulting. But what we don't realize is that much of the programming that we've got and that we keep running actually started from when we started downloading the world between one and seven. Everything after that are just assumptions, generalizations. So because we can only take in so much information at a time, anything that happens, we just bring it into our body. This happens very fast. Bring it into our body. When did that happen for me? What do I know about that? And so we've got these associations around it, and then we form an opinion. We don't want to have to start from scratch every time a little bit of information comes into our little brain. So that's why we make those assumptions. That's why we go back to based on past behavior. This is what I know about that. This is my belief about that. This is my opinion. And this is what I'm going to do. This happened to me last time. That's probably going to happen this time. So that's our subconscious mind. This is where it all happens. Now, the thing about your subconscious mind is that your mind wants to keep you safe. And the unfamiliar does not feel safe. And also, if you're thinking about safety from a weight perspective, if you think about that we've got this excess padding and excess tissue on our body, that we have built this excess tissue, this barrier between us and the world, we've built this up over time. Now, imagine sending a knight into battle, and before you send him into battle, you strip away all of his armor. Then you're like, go out and kill him, buddy. Go get him, tiger. And he's going to be like, fuck that. I'm not going out there without any armor on. No, are you insane? And so then he'll do everything he can to put his armor back on. The same thing happens when you've got weight issues and you have been eating to feel safe. And then all of a sudden you start releasing that weight and your brain's like, nah, nah, not doing this, not doing this. And that can be activated when somebody says something to you like, oh, hey, you're looking really good. You've lost some weight. You're looking really good. And you're like, oh, thanks. And then you go and shove half a cake into your face. Then you eat some potato chips. Then you, you know, and because subconsciously, not on the conscious level, you're thinking, oh my God, 
Somebody just noticed me. I don't feel safe to be seen. I don't feel safe. And so your brain does whatever it can to put that weight back on, to put that armor back on. So what I've done is I've created these archetypes. And what archetypes are? They're a cluster of characteristics that make up a personality type. And when we can see ourselves in that cluster of characteristics, then it really makes sense for us going, oh, that's why I do that. So it's really powerful way to distance ourselves from the behavior. Just like now we know when raising kids that you don't say you are a good girl. You say that was a good thing. And you don't say you are a bad girl. You say that behavior wasn't acceptable. That behavior is bad. So we do it now for kids growing up, but we weren't taught like that. And so we internalize everything and we feel like if we eat a salad, then we're being good. If we eat a chocolate bar, then we're being bad. And that's when the food guilt, blame, shame and food spirals happen for us. But if we understand that that characteristic, that archetype, that part of our personality that's showing up to sabotage us actually has a positive intention but it's just going around it in a very unhelpful way, then we can gain that perspective, we can gain that distance and give ourselves the space and grace to make more loving choices instead of blaming and shaming ourselves. Because that doesn't really work anyway. So I'm going to run you through these five personality types that I've created based on all of my experience with my own clients over the last um, five to six years, based on my own experience through being all of these parts of my personality in my entire 42-year weight issue kind of battle. I'm 47 now, but for the last five years, I've been nailing it. Now, I've created 10 archetypes, five shadow archetypes and five strength archetypes. But all I'm going to take you through in this episode are the shadow archetypes and it will be interesting to see which one or ones you resonate with most. Some people resonate with all of them and that's okay. Some people only strongly resonate with one. There's no rules. You can't get it wrong. The first one is the child. As the shadow child, you don't feel safe in the world or safe in your body. You may have had traumatic childhood experiences that were suppressed with food and you're now eating to suppress trauma and emotions as a coping mechanism. The child feels helpless and hopeless and doesn't know where to turn for answers. She doesn't trust herself or her ability to make changes. She's looking at the world like, I can't, I just can't do it, and very much feels like a victim. The child's relationship with food is that she uses the food to self-soothe, almost like a pacifier and is drawn to childish food like sweets, like chips, like kind of food that you'd find at a kid's party before kid's party food got healthy. The child's unmet need is understanding how to nurture herself and manage her own emotions, actually feel her emotions and be okay with feeling them, and knowing that there are productive ways to process her emotions. The second archetype is the rebel. And I always picture this as kind of like a surly character giving the middle finger to the world. A lot of people take great pride in being a rebel because they have associations around it that at one point in time, this rebel, this fuck you attitude has kept them safe. So the rebel has a teenage angst vibe about her. 
The fuck it factor kicks in as anger and frustration arises around her body image and sometimes just around her place in the world and in life. She thinks rules aren't made for me. I'm just going to do whatever I want. So she's actually not into diets and she is using food as a way to numb out, detach and disconnect. Very much using food like a drug. Quite often can be drawn to the sort of food that is real crunchy, like chips, um, you know, just really like a baguette, for instance, like French bread, you know, like things that are really like giving your jaw a workout. Because our body is so smart, it really knows how to release that excess frustration and energy. So part of that could be chewing something like, arr, arr. <laughs> you're welcome for that sound of me chewing. That's not how I chew. Uh, her view of the world is, I don't want to. I'm big anyway, so what's the point in trying? It's not fair. There's a lot of deep-seated shame and blame. Her relationship with food is, like I said before, using food to numb out and detach from her body, very much using food like a drug. She doesn't feel worthy of love because of her low self-image and worth. And she says to the world, you can't tell me what to do. I'm going to do whatever I want. The next one is the shallow sensualist. The shallow sensualist loves rich decadent food and usually alcohol as well. She thinks you only live once, eat all the food and drink all the wine. And she's usually a bit of a social butterfly, even if that means just having friends over and socializing from her couch. All of her social engagements usually revolve around food and alcohol. She's very body conscious, but the cause and correlation between eating and weight gain is completely broken. So she could be sitting on the floor in the morning crying because her pants don't fit. And then, you know, by lunchtime, she's organizing a bottomless mimosa brunch for her and her girlfriends. She thinks, if I can't eat the food I love, then life isn't worth living. Now, she's not suicidal. She's just dramatic. She thinks it's all or nothing and I want it all. So she can be a serial hardcore dieter, but she's only doing it to lose the weight. So then she can eat all the food that she was missing out on while she was on the diet. She uses food and usually alcohol to reward and love herself the only way she knows how. And she can also use luxury food and alcohol as a status symbol to hide behind. What she's lacking is self-love and a really strong purpose in the world. And she says to the world, well, what would I eat then? Like she can't see that there would be another way um, aside from giving up whatever she loves. You're not coming from my bloody Savion Blanc. <laughs> and then the fourth one is the tyrant. The tyrant is the most critical, the harshest, very black and white. So the shadow tyrant has super strict food and exercise rules in play, which are invariably broken. She considers any breach of these rules a failure, and then she internalizes that she's a failure. So I'm good because I ate this, I'm bad because I ate that. And she feels like nothing she does is good enough or working fast enough. She thinks, if I just had more discipline or a better version of a plan, then I'd succeed and get to my goal weight. She sees food as calories or points or macros and often keeps a food diary. Or working out in her mind this is how long I would have to work out or this is what I need to do to pay penance for what I've just done. Her unmet need is being able to accept herself as she is right here, right now. And she keeps thinking that she'll accept herself when her body conforms to what she thinks that it should look like. She says before she eats, will this make me fat? That's the unspoken thing in her mind. Why can't I just stick to anything? And when she falls off the wagon, 
Then she says, right, tomorrow I'm going to do twice as much. And then she falls off the wagon. Right, the next day I'm going to do three times as much to try and get back on track, which is never a winning way to do it. Now, the last one sounds like a positive, but it's actually not because this one's a little bit of a martyr. It's the caregiver. The shadow caregiver doesn't even know who she is anymore and she's so busy giving to everyone else that she doesn't make time for herself and for her well-being. She has people-pleasing tendencies. She feels like looking after herself and worrying about how she looks is self-indulgent. She doesn't give herself the time or the resources to look after herself. Investing in herself can be a scary thing, both time, money and energy. She thinks that she has to do everything for everyone else. And quite often, mothers fall into this role, obviously, nurses, teachers, um, you know, health professionals in some way that are looking after other people, aged care workers, all these people that are looking after other people. Quite often, they're thinking that everyone else deserves to be looked after and they don't get or are open to receiving any support for themselves. So the caregiver's relationship with food is that she eats mindlessly and often eats food on the go, can be a zombie eater. So she rushes through eating to get to other things and she can also eat her emotions as well. She doesn't feel deserving of her own time, energy and resources and she's also lacking appreciation and acknowledgement for things that she does for other people and it's starting to really piss her off. There's a simmering resentment underneath the surface. And her catchphrase is, I'll get to it later. I'll start on Monday. I'll start next week. I'll start next month. I'll start next year. And keeps putting herself off. Now, the thing about these archetypes is that we can be, we can sort of shape shift between these archetypes, you know, in a morning. You could be the rebel in the morning and then you could be the caregiver in the evening. Like it's, it's not a fixed state. But there may be one that you resonate with the most that feels like a fixed state for you with shades of the others on occasion. I use the analogy of your body is a car. And can you imagine having one person in the driver's seat at a time? Pretty hard to have more than one. So you have to have one main person in the driver's seat, right? And then what happens is that you've got this one person in the driver's seat If you've got a supportive part of your personality in the driver's seat, then you're going to get to where you want to go. You're going to have a healthy and balanced relationship with yourself and with food. But if you've got a sabotaging part of your personality in the driver's seat, you're never going to end up where you want to go. Because they have these unmet needs, they're sabotaging you to keep you where you are. And so this is when you have an unbalanced relationship with food and a very unbalanced relationship with your body. Self-love can feel like a foreign concept. Loving and kind self-talk can feel really uncomfortable. And looking at food as this thing, as a reward, as a drug, as a pacifier, as this way to disconnect from yourself, as this way to, you know, soothe yourself, is really these unmet needs that surround all of these archetypes. So awareness is the first step, understanding when that part of your personality comes up, just being like, oh, that's curious that I do that. That's interesting that I do that. Oh, that's interesting that the child showed up for me now. So using that awareness and then thinking, 
What would be the opposite of that? What would be the opposite of that that would be a kind and loving choice? And that's a first place to start, to really start moving from that shadow into the strength parts of your personality. And now we've reached the part of the show where I talk about stuff I love. (laughs) So I have to warn you from the outset, a lot of these stuff I love things are going to be about drinks because I just love drinks. Now I was watching the OC, no, not the OC, Selling the OC on Netflix recently. I binged it. You know, it's from the same people that did Selling Sunset. And I just love the real estate. And I I do feel that they make one little thing and make a massive thing over about 10 episodes of it, which they, yeah, a little less of that would be quite good. But anyway, I do love it. And there was one of the, one of the cast members on it was talking about how she's a water sommelier because she loves water. And I almost got eye strain from my involuntary eye roll. (laughs) Um, And she's obviously not food motivated. So she's switched her attention to water. And then I thought, Bronwyn Martin, you are actually very interested in water too. So I took back my eye roll and applied it to myself. (laughs) So uh, this week I'm talking to you about water, a new water from an old company. If you're listening to this and you are in another country other than Australia, you might have a very large selection of sparkling water, sparkling flavoured water, especially you guys in the States with LaCroix. And LaCroix just got to Australia. So it's not very readily available over here. And I tried all the flavors, but it's $2.50 a can at my local IGA. So, you know, for water, for 330 mils, bloody expensive. But I do like the cranberry. I think it's called cranberry fizz or something or crasberry or some stupid name. Anyway, I like that one. Um, but I don't go to the IGA all the time. So I usually get Mount Franklin and it's the lime flavored one and I like it. But I tell you what, Mount Franklin have upped their game. I think they've seen LaCroix coming into the market and thought, oh shit, we need to get ourselves together. And so what they have created is they've got a raspberry one, which, mm, well, whatever, the mango one. Yeah, that's all right. I quite like that one. That's next to the lime one and my favorites. But then they have upped the ante. They've got two new flavors. The first flavor is watermelon, and that's okay. It's actually growing on me. But the flavor that is run out of the supermarket, it's on special at the moment, and you can't get it for love nor money, is pineapple. And this is the most delicious sparkling water that I've had in forever. It's amazing. And so today when I went to the supermarket, still on the hunt, I went to a supermarket a little bit further away, hoping against hope that I would find the pineapple sparkling water also because it's on sale and I love saving half price on things like last night I went to the supermarket I go to the supermarket a lot because I live quite close to them I went there and my cat food was on sale I saved $24 and it's like I won the pet food lotto it's like yay so I bought like loads and loads and loads so back to the water because you're not interested in my cat food Today, they didn't have the pineapple and I got other people involved, got staff members involved to be on the hunt. No, it's not in. We don't know when it's coming in. The company's run out. I'm like, how could they not have known that they're finally coming to the party with a decent water, you know, option that it would run out anyway? They're they're catching up, hopefully. So if you see it, grab it. And it's like you've won the water lotto, especially when it's on sale. So instead, I consoled myself 
And I turned back to the shelf, wiping a tear away from my eye. And I saw Schweppes was also on sale. Now, I've had Schweppes sparkling water before. Didn't rate it that much. But I saw some different flavors. So I decided to try one. And I got the grapefruit one. And when I got home, I also scored a rotisserie chicken, which, again, I won the lotto. Because quite often they have the rubbish chickens and they had the organic grass-fed, free-range, whatever, the green one anyway. So I got a rotisserie chicken and I had my kale slaw at home and a wrap and I was going to make myself the most delicious wrap. So I did that. My animals got some chicken. Anyway, that's not part of the story. Get to the point, Bronwyn. So then I cracked open the grapefruit. Delicious. And it was the perfect accompaniment to my rotisserie chicken wrap. Yes, delicious. So I highly recommend the pineapple from Mount Franklin and the grapefruit from Schweppes. I haven't tried the other Schweppes ones yet, but when I do, I'll tell you about it. You'll be the first to know. Yeah, maybe not the first. I might talk about it to other people as well because I tend to be quite passionate about it. And maybe next week I'll switch it up a bit and I won't talk about drinks. Although there are so many new drinks on the market and it makes me so excited, but I will rein myself in. And now we're at the segment in the show where it's dodgy diet debunking. Because <laughs> diets are shit. Okay, so this segment I share, segment, <laughs> do you like that? In this segment, I share the insane, ineffective, ridiculous, and sometimes downright dangerous diets. Now, if you have a diet that you want me to cover, if you find something ridiculous, then send it over to team at mindkey.com.au and feel free to tag me on Facebook. I've got a folder that's called Dodgy Diets, and then I save the ridiculous diet in there to share at a later time. Now, this drug that I'm talking about today actually has to come through your doctor. And, you know, keeping in mind that my doctor back in the day, actually two doctors, gave me Duramine, which is basically legal speed. So, you know, and the the amount of training that doctors get on nutrition is ridiculous. That's not ridiculous in a good way. That was ridiculous in a bad way. It's just crazy. So... You know, when you go to see a, a normal doctor, and I do see a normal doctor, um, is they just be aware that they're not looking at a holistic kind of thing. And most of them, and this is a big generalization, but, you know, you see if you agree with me or not, most of them are just there to hand out drugs. That's what they do because they don't have time to sit there and talk to you about all of the things. And, you know, I've had really good doctors. I've had doctors that are terrible, but... A doctor that's just giving you uh, medication to release weight, yeah, not a good doctor on any way, shape or form, to be quite honest. Now, the thing about this um, drug, it's called Ozempic, 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 <laughs> call it whatever you want, Ozempic is what I'm going to call it. Now, this is prescribed by a doctor for weight loss and it's what's called an off-label prescription. So it's a private script and it can cost you a couple hundred bucks a month. And it's only subsidized if people have diabetes. Now, I've seen some articles online saying, can you stop taking my diabetes medicine because I can't find it anywhere? Because this stupid 
have an injection and lose weight and you know your life will be hunky-dory yeah it's it's taking over so there are a lot of potential serious side effects as with taking any medication including cancerous thyroid tumors pancreatitis and diabetic retinopathy i hope i said those right obviously i'm not a health professional in that capacity it it can work for some people i've had clients that said before they started working with me that they were using it and you know they released a couple of kilos or whatever but as soon as they stopped taking it because who wants to be on a drug for the rest of their life they stop taking it and then the weight comes back on it's ridiculous so the theory behind it is that you are using it in conjunction with diet and exercise and it's meant to help improve blood sugar insulin levels and reduce the risk of major cardiovascular events like heart attack and stroke. And one of the side effects that they found out that it also assists in weight loss. Now the thing is that when you're doing this, when you're doing this injection each week, that you are again putting your power into something else outside of yourself. And there are other things that can happen as well. So you can have um, mild side effects like constipation, diarrhea, nausea, stomach pain and vomiting, which shows up online with reviews that people are giving about it as well. And then you can have more serious side effects, like I said before, which is nausea, pancreatitis, thyroid tumors or thyroid cancer, diabetic retinopathy, which is damage to the eyes caused by diabetes and an allergic reaction. So what I would say is that you have the power within you to create any change that you want, desire and deserve when you get your brain on board for what serves you. When you put the right stories in there, when you create loving boundaries for yourself, you don't need to jab yourself with this drug for that to happen. And so on the scale of, you know, dodgy and downright dangerous, this is ridiculous. Like for doctors to be prescribing this, without a holistic kind of approach absolutely ridiculous and again as soon as you stop taking it then it stops working like anything that you take like that whether you're taking speed pills whether you're doing any kind of drug as soon as you stop taking it then it's going to stop working logic hello we meet again and now we're on to the final segment of the show called that's not as healthy as you think it is just know that I'm not demonizing any food. There is just some foods that we need some awareness around, knowing that if we're numbing down on them all the time, it's probably not the best for us. And this is a food close to my heart, and I have a very complicated relationship with it. It's dried fruit. Now, dried fruit has always been seen as a kind of a healthy thing, but what happens is when you take all of the water out, it condenses all the sugar into this little, it's almost like candy, and it's really easy to eat lots of it. So easy. And when I say that I have a complicated relationship with it, I'm talking particularly about dried mango. And there's a dried mango that I get from my local house food store, and it comes in a bag, a big bag, and it's $22, and it's like a very good investment. <laughs> but I don't buy it anymore because... I can be fine for a couple of days. I can be fine and just be like, you know, have a little slice after things. I'm like, oh yeah, that's probably half a mango. That's fine. I can have that much. But it's so sweet and it activates that sweet tooth. And, you know, I can be fine even for weeks. And then all of a sudden it starts calling my name from the pantry. It's like, 
Bron, eat me. Eat me. You know how good I am. Eat me. Then I'm like, oh, all right then, if you insist. And then I eat it. And then, um, then I feel a bit bloated and a bit gross and also a bit jangly because I don't eat sugar like that anymore. So I have decided for the longest time now that I'm the boss in my house and I get to decide and no one bosses me around, let alone that bossy bitch dried mango from the pantry. So I don't have it in the house anymore. If I do buy it, I buy it in, you know, the single serve pick and mix, what do you call it? Like the the bulk bin instead of buying the already packaged $22 bag. And then I use it as my movie snack. So quite often I'll just take a little bit to the movies and I'm sitting there very happy with my movie snack. And it's not something that I've demonized. I just eat it less often because it's not as good for me. And also mango, dried mango can be a bossy bitch and it tells me to eat it. And I'm just like, no, I'm the boss. I get to decide what I eat. So what to have instead of dried mango? Something fresh, like an apple. Usually when I eat fruit, uh, like if I'm eating an apple, then I'll eat it with nut butter because it just helps absorb, you know, it just helps you not have that blood sugar hit your system so much. And I usually only eat one or two bits of fruit a day. So I might have some berries um, or whatever. But some people also think that they're being healthy when they're nomming down on loads and loads and loads of fruit, like a couple of bananas a day, like apples, you know, that's just a lot of sugar. And our bodies just don't need it. Like back in caveman days, we didn't have all that sugar. And when you look at really, really old, 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 old fruit from back in caveman days, it wasn't even very sweet. So now everything's been bred to be so much bread. Do you call it? Do you breed fruit? What do you do with fruit? Growing? I don't know. Whatever. Whatever they do with it. And so it's super, super sweet because that's now our taste. So just be mindful of that. And even an apple, like, you know, sometimes the apple is almost the size of your head. You don't need to eat a big, massive apple. So sometimes I'll cut an apple in half and have half and then half later, the next day, dipped in cashew butter. Delicious. And just like that, we get to take our power back over food. We get to decide what we eat. We get to decide when we're eating it. And food isn't the boss of us anymore. When we realize if there's any food in our house, that's like that demanding little biatch calling your name from the pantry. Eat me, eat me. You know you want to eat me. Calling your name from the fridge or the freezer. Just doesn't have a place in your house anymore. You are the weakest link. You are evicted. You are gone. You don't pay rent here anymore. You don't pay the mortgage. Bye, Felicia. Okay, to be honest, I think that bye, Felicia moment has passed, but I still like it, so I'm still using it. Internet memes live forever, don't they? <laughs> I've also realized, actually, how much I laugh at my own jokes, my own stupid jokes. You can tell that I live by myself. <laughs> Again, I keep doing it. Okay, we're at, we're at the end of the show now. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode. I appreciate you and your attention. You know what else I would appreciate? Inviting more people to the revolution, the weight release revolution. So the next time you're in a conversation, and we're in them a lot, let's be honest, where somebody starts talking about their weight, about the latest diet or whatever, tell them, listen to Weight Release Revolution. I think she's onto something. And another way that you can support me, and I would love your support, is if you could go over to the Apple Podcast app. There is a link in the show notes and leave a rating and review. Five star, obviously. And then when you do that, I would love to thank you for the time, attention, care and love that you took to do it. 
So send a screenshot of that review over to team, T-E-A-M, at mindkey.com.au and my team will send you over a free hypno download that you get to keep forever that's all around making you feel really good in your body, really good about yourself and it's like me shaking my word pom-poms between your ears and it's a hypno that has not been released anywhere else. You can only get it when you leave a rating and review and then just send an email over and my team will send you the link back so you can download the hypno, pop your headphones on and perform brain surgery without a scalpel as you rewire and refire your mind to create the reality that you want, desire and deserve. No biggie, right? I've got other things for you too. If you check the show notes, there's a whole bunch of different links. So there's a free download, the Diet Brain Breakup. You can watch the Weight Release Breakthrough Workshop. I do talk about the archetypes in there that I went through in this episode. I also give you the four questions you need to know that could be holding you back from your weight release and the mental blocks to weight release as well. There's another podcast that I've created called Beyond Bariatrics, if that's a subject that interests you. If you wanted to check out my YouTube channel, there's other hypnos over there. And also a paid program, Overcome Emotional Eating, is also there. And I will be back next week, next Tuesday, with another episode, fresh from my brain to your ears. Until then, be kind to yourself, take care, and I love you.